When your loved one first died, you lived through some of the worst moments of your life. You did all the things you had to do, including what I call the business of death, such as the funeral, the service, the legal stuff, and decision-making on some of your loved one's personal items. You didn't know it could get worse. And then a couple of the six months down the road, it gets worse. The pain, the confusion, the I can't keep living like this feelings flood your mind. What has happened to make it worse? Today we're going to talk about being at the beginning for the hundredth time. This is when the frustration begins to grow because you thought you had gotten better and you had some functional days and now you're back to the beginning and what you see as yourself being pitiful. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, question God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on the couch. I'm Steph, and this is Grief to Great Day. Thank you for being here. You know, when I do these podcasts, it's like you and I are sitting on the couch at my house. I keep the temperature cooler than my husband likes, but that's because I'm in that special season of life. Where there's plenty of coffee or tea available. Most importantly, I hope you feel welcomed and heard. I want to give a shout out to the country of Guernsey an island in the English Channel off the coast of Normandy as they are listening to this podcast there. And as far as the U.S., Texas remains the state with the most downloads. I share these as tangible reminders of the need for Christian grief support and the fact that you are not alone. If this podcast is helpful to you, please share it with your church or anyone who is going through the difficult season of grief. Today we're going to talk about being at the beginning for the hundredth time. This is where the frustration begins to grow because you thought you had gotten better and you had some functional days and now you're back to the beginning and what you see as being pitiful. You know, when your loved one died, you lived through some of the worst moments of your life. You did all the things you had to do, including what I call the business of death, such as the funeral or the service, the legal stuff, the decision making, and deciding on what to do with some of your loved one's personal items. You didn't know it could get worse. And then a couple to six months down the road, it gets worse. The pain, the confusion, the I can't keep living like this feeling floods your mind. What has happened to make it worse? In the first month after loss, people brought food, visited, called, and shared other grief resources such as books or groups, but after about a month, people have gone on with their lives and that level of support changes. 
This is not in any way because of anything you did. It's just life. And in the first weeks to months as a physical and emotional blessing, your body didn't allow you to process everything all at once. It was too much to handle. You're in shock in what felt like a fog. But after the first month or two, your support has decreased and you feel the pain a little more. And you have less time with others, so your mind takes you to all the dark places. And you have a little bit more of your mind back to take you to the pit. You know, the place where you pile on all the negative thoughts of what has happened and all the fear of how life isn't ever going to be good again. You feel how big the aloneness is, and it makes the pain worse. But somehow you keep living, even if you didn't really want to. Now, at around the six to nine month mark, and, and this is different for every individual and based on the circumstances of your loss, you are in an even worse place than you have ever been. You cannot believe you are back at the beginning again. At this point, family and friends, they have an expectation that you should be better. And the truth is, so do you. You're exhausted. You're weak and weary and cannot understand why this is getting harder. This supports the feeling that it will never end. Yes, it feels like you are starting over again, but actually you're not. The whole time I was going through grief, I couldn't even remember a time that I didn't hurt. The pain was everywhere, but nowhere specific. I fought it by trying to figure it out so I could fix it so much that I ended up making it harder on myself. This led to more pain, more time, and more frustration. I thought I should have been further along by the one, three, six, nine, twelve month mark. Why did I think that? And what makes you think that? I believe it's because we compare our life in grief with our life before the loss. And so every day, for the lack of a more eloquent word, sucks. Now, here are some things that will help you know that you're making progress when you feel thrown back to the beginning yet again. Number one, how you view your progress, the expectations you put on yourself or the ones you allow others to put on you makes a difference. I want you to add only, the word only, to your favorite phrase of, but it's been six months or but it's been nine months. Turn that into it's only been six months. It's only been nine months. A full year is needed to begin processing such a loss, and it's not over in a year. That's why it is unwise to make any major life decisions in that first year, like major investments or purchases, entering into a new relationship, charitable giving, any of that. No one wants to say that, that it takes that long because it's too scary to think you'll live through such heartache for more than a year. But that's part of the problem with you rushing yourself. I read the signs of complicated grief when I was going through because I thought I was stuck more than I thought I was moving forward. I had most of the signs <laughs> because they are also the signs of normal grieving. If you're worried that you aren't progressing, I would tell you to put all your fears aside until after the first year. If after the first year you see no, zero, zilch, none, zippo, no progress, and instead think you are getting worse, then I would suggest you talk to someone, a counselor, a pastor, 
someone that you trust. If you are at the six or nine month mark and you are still struggling, I would tell you that that's not abnormal. However, if you are at any point in the process and you have thoughts of ending your life, you need to get help immediately. Number two, how you rehearse your failure to be done versus your progress thus far makes a difference. You have to look at your progress as objectively as you possibly can during this time. Is it any easier to get out of bed or take a shower? Now, you're probably still crying a lot, but can you see any difference in how many times a day? Is your sleep getting any better? You know, it doesn't take much to throw you back in the pit, but is the pit less dark, less deep, or do you spend less time in it? Are the questions rushing through your head any less? And I'm stressing the word any because it doesn't have to be big sleeping changes. I'm talking, can you see a difference at all? Do you have any glimpses of hope that you didn't have before? Are you getting out of the house more than you did? Are you able to make it through the day at work with less exhaustion? If you can't be objective, then just ask somebody that you trust and who knows you well and ask them what they see. It's helpful for you to keep track of the wins, though. Anything you can think of right now that made you say, hmm, maybe I am getting better, write it down. Anytime you had a good day, write that down. Over time, it's easy to forget those things because you're still struggling. These do not have to be big things again. It can be went for a walk the first time today, date it, and then keep it. And number three, what you do with your time in the pit in this case, feeling like you're starting all over, makes a difference. When you're in the pit, remember that place where you pile on all the negative thoughts of what happened and all the fear of how life is never going to be the same again, pull out your list of wins. You'll probably be like, yeah, but that win is nothing compared to what I feel like now. And that's a lie. The glimpses, the little wins, they are truth. What God says about your future that is truth, and you have to counter the lies, the fears, what feels like your failure with the truth. This is the hardest thing in those moments, yet it is the most important thing in those moments. This is where the fight for your healing is. Zig Ziglar said, what comes out of your mouth is determined by what goes into your mind. And in grief, what gets you out of the pit and a little more hopeful for the future begins with your thoughts. Remember, what you feed grows. I'm not telling you to be fake or lie or have that false positivity. That helps no one. I'm telling you to document the truth in your daily life and turn to the one who created you for absolute truth and then take those truths and fight the lies that will bombard you. And wherever you are, feeling better, feeling lost, don't forget that God left the 99 for the one. It doesn't matter how low you feel, how insignificant you feel. You matter. You are important to God and he will come for you. The song of the week is Know You Will by United. And here are some of the lyrics. When the road runs dead, you can see a way I don't. And it makes no sense, but you say that's what faith is for. When I see a flood, you see a promise. 
when I see a grave, you see a door. And when I'm at my end, you see where the future starts. I don't know how, but you will make a way. Remember, your perception of where you are needs to be righted. Your emotions aren't screaming the truth at you. True north is from God, period. Make sure you're keeping a record of the wins, big or little, and come back to this list when you're questioning your progress. Getting through each day and functioning in the beginning are huge wins. Some days won't be so good, but that's not you being weak. That's you going through grief and being human. Adjust your healing schedule. Did you think it would be over after six months? It's funny that we get frustrated that people don't understand how hard it is or how long it takes when we ourselves also give little grace for those things. Those are your journey works for this week. And the verse for the week is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. That's the message virgin version, and that is truth. If you need more individual help, then let me help you. Go to grief to great day, grief the number two greatday.com to set up individual grief coaching. If you don't know what you need, don't know what the next step is, then I can help you. It doesn't matter where you are in the journey. In the very, very beginning or a little bit further along, I can help you with the next best step. Don't forget, you can also join us in the private Facebook group, the Grief Group for Christian Women on Facebook. And if you don't have a home church, visit my church, opendoorchurch.com. Both the links for the Facebook group and Open Door Church are in the show notes. In the meantime, remember who holds your future and keep on coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch, and keep taking those steps, however small, however slow, towards your healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.